everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 7. It's called Reunion. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. And we have a, a Worf-focused episode, kind of a sequel almost to the episode from... Actually, I was going to say last season, but I think that was actually late season 2, that other episode. Uh, was it? It may have been, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to remember these things now, but uh, regardless, it was a while ago. Uh, where he sort of accepted his dishonor uh, for the sake of the Empire, and a lot of the characters, uh, well, a couple of characters from that actually return, and then we also have uh, uh, Kaylor uh, returns as well, his sort of old flame that we met, mm. which I think it was that was a separate episode. So I, I actually, re- I really like that two elements of Worf's like, world from different episodes both came back into one episode. I think that made it feel like a, a functioning universe uh, in yeah, a weird way. And, and, and- it makes sense. It wasn't like this is feels like a massive coincidence. It was like, no, these are all people in positions of power dealing with a position of power. Yeah. So it, it kind of it makes sense. But it was a nice continuity thing because it was like, oh, these these were two separate things that were you know introduced in separate episodes with you know different purposes. It was really nice having them both here uh, without any contrivances. Just you know, they make sense of here and. Yeah go from there and i think some of the payoff to some of that stuff is is really good uh you know killer's death i think was very effective uh Do you know what? multiple points in this episode it surprised me by having the balls to do follow through mm-hmm. with things yeah there's two deaths actually that kind of felt a little bit ballsy uh yeah um so basically there's a the premise of this episode is that there's a civil war brewing in the klingon empire uh between duras who we know that was the klingon who tried to frame Morse father uh, from the Ketamir stuff. Who, who, who did frame Morse father, not well, tried to, successfully. Well, he tried to, I, I say tried to in the sense that everyone agreed to let it go through. <laughs> but yes, you know, he did. Um, yeah. But it was actually his father who was the traitor. And then someone new who we've not met before, uh, Gowron is the leader of the other, and they're both essentially fighting for dominance. Uh, Gowron, who I would describe as simply has, having the crazy eyes. Uh, he has very intense eyes. Yes, he does. Um, uh, but then we also have uh, Kim Peck back as the you know the, the supreme. I can't remember the exact title they use as, but supreme. leader of the High Council, yeah. something or other. The, the word supreme was definitely in there somewhere. Supreme leader of the High Council, maybe. Um, Maybe. been. Uh, he's dying. Though. He's been poisoned, and this is a very dishonorable. Klingons typically, you know, they they, fight, they kill someone to their face and honor. They don't sneak around and do it in the shadows. Which, I it made me wonder if it was uh, Kayla because. A lot early on with her, she doesn't care about Klingon honor and stuff. She's like, nah, I'm not bothering with all the the rituals and you know nonsense. And she is half human, which is worth you know. Which is, is yeah. why, yeah. Um, but it made me just question. Well, I mean, could the could there be a swerve that that she's actually involved? Uh, and it's not. But it was just mm. it was in my mind as a possibility, which I, I enjoy. So Kim Peck, if I'm saying that properly, he as a dying wish essentially and i say wish he kind of tricks this into happening by kind of telling everyone that it's going to happen even before picard's uh, agreed to anything and in fact picard even says he wouldn't agree to it but now he's kind of forced into it he's going to essentially referee uh uh, uh not a duel like a, a series of challenges in which the two possible leaders replacements for him will prove which one is worthy of taking the, the throne as it were and uh but the but he's, he's secretly also tasked with finding out who poisoned them because he's like no but i really want you to find out who poisoned me because whoever did that is not not worthy of leading klingon because they did it in a cowardly fashion um so and then there's more to the guy's on but I'll, I'll stop here and ask the question car did you enjoy reunion 
Uh, for the most part, yeah. I think um, there's some stuff in the first half that I thought was a little slow and clunky. Uh, but I really liked some of the beats that it does and surprised me by following through on because I honestly thought, you know, multiple times where, okay, I see where they're going to go with this, but it'll, you know, become a Trek episode. And then they, they follow through and make some bold decisions for characters, uh, you know, Warp in particular, that I really like. Uh, and that like, adds a lot of weight to it overall. Yeah, no, I, 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 I pretty much agree. I, I would say I like the episode. I think, it, I think it's a, not a surprisingly strong episode. I mean, there's no reason why I wouldn't have thought it was strong. But I, I think much like that other Worf episode where he, you know, went through the whole uh, framing, mm. it, that that one pleasantly surprised me. Uh, and I think this one kind of continues this trend of oh, they can do really good Worf episodes, and kind of expand upon the Klingon mythology and the Star Trek world whilst also giving us, you know, recurring characters that are relevant and care about. I thought, you know, Kalar was always kind of likable when she showed up, and I think she's likable here again. And the fact that she brings a kid with her, you know, who's Worf's son, uh, which I, is... A- I love how you know immediately what it's going to be, because this is TV. Yeah. And uh, it's it's when whoever's working the, uh, you know, the, the transporter, not not O'Brien, uh, random woman, is like, oh, two, two to bring aboard. And, and Worf's like, two, and you're like, oh, okay. And you, you just know immediately what it's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, and I I liked the dialogue. I thought they had really good back and forth where she's like, hey, you know, a minute ago you looked like you had a question to ask, you know, being kind of coy, and again, playing into her character from what we know of her. And he's like, are you going to make me ask the question? And she's like, yes, yeah, she can ask the question. <laughs> yeah, was, there was good back and forth. Uh, all of, you know, Worf's kind of, because essentially he wants to hide. When the Klingons even the first show up, he kind of just wants to go and, like, not be involved in any of it. And Picard's like, no, you can't hide every time a Klingon ship shows up. You have to, you know, perform your duties. Uh, and that's sort of a recurring thing that keeps coming up through the episode is how Worf is, is troubled by this, how these other Klingons treat Worf when they see him. Uh, you yeah, know, uh, I like that they use it to their advantage as well. Mm. At one point, you know, just to intentionally antagonize them and draw it out, it's like, well, Let's have Wolf show up. That'll that'll gain us a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So I thought all that was really good, and you know the fact that Duras came back, the fact that Kayla came back. I, you know, I loved all this continuity with the previous episodes. Mm. Um. And she actually starts asking questions where she's like, "Something's not quite right about you know you accepting this this honor." Like, you know what actually went on, and you know obviously Wolf does not ask. And later on, she asked Picard, "Like, hey, you were there uh, during that time." You know, can can you shed some light? And Picard, you know, says I can't talk about it, and he can't because it's you know it's totally and utterly classified for all the reasons why they made that choice in the first and, place. And also, just beyond that, I think it's more, it's it's up to Worf to tell. He doesn't want to betray that, you know, because mm. if it was in an official capacity, maybe he would deem that she needs the clearance. You know, uh, he can make that decision. I'm sure, but she acted, you know, actively points out, no, this is a personal, you know, capacity. That I I want to know. But, you know, just because it's to do with Worf. And I think it, part of it is more just, you know, if, if, if Worf wants you to know, you'll have to come from him. Yeah, but she keeps digging. She starts looking into computer records, and this actually alerts Duras. He gets, you know, word back that she's looking at any files that she's not supposed to be. She doesn't actually get any of them, because uh, mm-hmm. they're all, you know, highly secure. But it flags her, you know, her, her access. And he comes over, and, you know, she confronts him and says, you know, I, you know, I kept looking into this, and it's kind of funny how your father was also, also there. And she's basically... She's got the gist of it by just putting the pieces together, right? She doesn't obviously have all the details, but she's thinking along the right lines. And we cut away from the scene, and it's like, oh, like, hmm, I wonder how that's going to resolve. And you're thinking, like, oh, maybe it's teasing. She's, she could be in danger here, but, like, I don't necessarily know if they're going to go through with that or whatever. And it's just that this, you know, this the next time we see her, 
Worf and the kid, who Worf is kind of bonding with and trying to teach teach him how to use his big axe thing. And Batleth, I believe it's the called. Batleth. Yes, that was the the word. Uh, but he's kind of bonding with the kid, and because at first he's very upset because the kid doesn't really know anything about Klingons, and that that was a Kalar's kind of wish is that he wants she wants him to choose his own path and not just be forced into Klingon, you know, rule. Um, and we'll go back to some of that stuff in a minute, but they find her body. Uh, and I actually thought this was very effective. Him, you know, doing sort of his Klingon yell, uh, you mm. know, the, the the screaming of death that, that beside the death as he holds the dead any, body. On any other character, I'd say this is overdone. But coming from a, a Klingon, it, it feels natural. Yeah, and she, you know, she, her dying sort of moment is to like put the kid's hand on Worf's hand to say, "Hey, like, don't let him not have a father." Like, because because up until this point, he has been saying that he can't claim fatherhood not because he's some shithead dad but because the way klingon you know society works is that because he's accepted responsibility for this thing that his father supposedly did that will carry on into him and okay maybe you aren't like teaching him the ways of the klingon right now but when he's older he may choose that he wants to be a part of that world and if he is claimed by me then i'm taking away a lot of his options and he'll yeah, never he, be able he to won't have the the choice yeah so it actually has a very honorable reason you know as far as reasons to not i'm not going to be the father figure but i actually thought it was kind of sweet when she said well hey if you're not going to be his father at least be his friend and he does he, he goes to you know he shows him his weapons and he's teaching him things and talking about his, his you know, human parents and he's you know and, you know, and that's um, ultimately where he sends him off to is to go and grow up with you know his human parents uh, Joe, so his grandparents essentially it's very superman and it's very it's very man packent looking after connor as well as it is what, a I was, bit, yeah. what i was getting uh but, you know, he's, he's on a starship and he's got his duty and he thinks that it's maybe better for him yeah, to go there. I mean, he could have potentially stayed there because obviously they are allowed kids on mm-hmm. the Enterprise. But I, I get his reason. He's like, no, he's obviously a, you know, a, a quite high up officer on the ship. He doesn't have time that he can really dedicate to a kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, At least not one that young. I, mean, I think if he was a teenager like Wesley, for example, whatever. But It's a bit different, yeah. yeah. But at that age, he's like, no, he needs adult not supervision i don't think that's quite right but more just attention yeah yeah you need to the uh the parenting i suppose at its, at yeah. its peak capacity i suppose um exactly uh but so this is the thing he he basically storms out you know he calls for medic medical help crusher shows up but it's too late she's already dead Worf just storms out and he grabs his, his batleth and he, he takes off his, his emblem, right? Which has the practical thing of when they try to call him, he can't respond. But I don't. Th- I think it's more to do with the symbol symbolism here, where he's like, no, I am not operating now as a Starfleet officer. I'm taking oh. this off because this is oh, me. Oh, definitely. I think it was really noticeable the moment where, um, when he's over on the other ship and he steps out of the shadow, and, and you know it's not there, and it's clear he is not there under Starfleet authority. Oh, yeah. He is there for a personal reason. Yeah, that outfit looks so naked without that emblem. It does because it's not even that big an emblem. It's it's not that much, but it makes a a huge difference on just the, the overall layout of it, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, so you know he challenges uh, Duras to this fight because uh, it's worth mentioning throughout the whole episode he's just assumed Duras is behind everything, uh, and there's some other details with the investigation we'll talk about in a minute. But um, Duras definitely killed because I was kind of thinking there's going to be some sort of swerve here where Duras left and it wasn't actually Duras who killed her, but it never actually goes down that path. I know it's very clear. There's like. Duras did this, and because uh, as soon as he says that uh, Kalar was my mate, Duras just like accepts the challenge. It's like no, no, okay, we're doing this. That, and that, that, that's because uh, before that, I like, young, only right to it. But once yeah. he does that, it's like oh well, fair enough. 
It's, but yeah, it's basically his acceptance of guilt when he just agrees to the challenge, uh, accepts the challenge in, in that way. And obviously, the others have figured this out. Riker is on his way with Data in the red shirt, and they're going to go, they're going to stop this. And, and, and they've got their phases on maximum stun, they're like, bring him back any way we can. Yeah, and they come in, and it's just at the last possible moment where he's got the bathroom above his head, Duras is on the floor, and he, he, you know, he, he sort of swings it down, right? He, he brings it down, and because of the way it sort of lingers on his face for a minute, I really thought it was going to cut to he's, he's hit it beside his head, and he's not Didn't actually he killed the him. shoulder. You know, yeah. the, the the cliche moment I would say at this point. Yeah, and I wouldn't have been mad at that. It's because it is like a sort of thing for Worf that if he if he chose to look beyond his anger and not do this, that would have been an interesting character beat. But arguably, it's even more interesting that the show had him go through with it, and he kills him. He is he impales him in the head with his battle. Uh, yeah. This has been a, a recurring theme with Worf episodes in particular. Because uh, even before the, the all the, the stuff with his honour, there was the one where... Um, oh, what was it? There was another Klingon, and it, it was, again, it was about this, like, challenge and going through with it. I think, I think it was with the Romulans, actually. It might mm. have been. Uh, I think it might have been that one with the, the, the traitor. Or not the traitor, you know, where they got the one aboard. Mm. Uh, and, and again, it was, you know, he went through with when we thought oh you know they'll find a way he'll not do it and you know they'll talk him out of it and no he goes through with it and it's the same here where it it's because it's been a recurring thing now and it shouldn't be surprising but it still catches me off guard every time because it's not quite what i expect from trek i expect them to play by conventional tv rules and do the right thing and you know stop the save the day just in time that's what makes it powerful and it makes it makes kayla's death feel more important it makes it feel like it really earned something uh, by happening in a way that i don't think it would have otherwise so i really appreciate the balls of doing this and i love picard talking to him afterwards because it's it's this really weird conundrum where you know he killed someone but as is pointed out in the scene as far as the Klingons are concerned he had a right to kill him and this is just and this is this is how the system works and it's fine but and picard can't reprimand him for the killing itself he can only reprimand Worf because he essentially went off book and acted, you know, he, he on his own accord. without authorization. <laughs> yeah, it's basically he, yeah, he, he acted... Uh, Beyond his remit. Yeah, that's essentially what he's punishing him for. He can't punish him for the act of the, the killing itself. What he did when he left his post and did what he wanted is kind of irrelevant in terms of the Starfleet, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Picard basically says you will have an official reprimand but he does ask like you know like if if this continues if this is something you think is going to be continuing to be a problem then any officer would have to resign if they think like you know sticking to their own culture and beliefs is going to get in the way of their duties and he says do you want to resign and he says no and it's like yeah and we don't expect him to because let's face it you know, he has one love that's been killed it's not going to i mean unless they're going after his son i suppose maybe it'll happen a second time but other than that like it makes sense that he's not expecting this to be a recurring thing, but this one time yeah. he had to do this. And, and also, you know, the idea that, okay, now that Duras is dead and, you know, he's been dishonoured, he could have his name cleared at some point. Uh, not immediately, not straight away, because obviously all the council went along with the deception, so it would dishonour them to just immediately reverse it. And but, honestly, this show is, show, is, is displaying enough continuity now that I actually kind of expect that someday we're going to have him getting his, his honour back in the, the, the yeah, eyes of the Klingons. Yeah, maybe in a season or two, whenever yeah. it is. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, and it's funny, because Kalar is very likeable, I think, and I'd forgotten that she was likeable. Maybe she's more likeable this time, uh, which is added to I think to I it. remember liking her well enough. I yeah. think 
if I recall, it is that the, the, they have good chemistry and they, they spark yeah. off each other. That that makes her particularly good. Yeah. Um, Even with the other and, characters, though, when she was sitting in the the meeting room with the others and she's like talking to Picard or the other, you know, and she's talking mm-hmm. about what's going on, she 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 felt she had chemistry with everyone. So it was kind of sad to see her go. Like it made me like her enough that I cared that a guest star had been killed off. And then, of course, the fact that it has a real impact on a main character it really yeah, gives it. Yeah, I think that's what really helps, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so. No, uh, it's, it's pretty absolute. I had like you know some. It was just a bit clunky and slow at the start. I thought the the scenes of Kayla looking into the the records were a bit over the top. You know, with the sure. the investigation music and going on. Of you know, okay, you know, it's going on a little bit longer than I'd have liked, but uh, nothing that drags it down and and nothing that diminishes what the the good strong moments really are. Yeah, we should mention some of the details of the case though, because the ex- there's actually an assassination attempt. Uh, mm-hmm. when they're doing the first part of the ritual with the, the confirming the, the, the deceased uh, body of the, the, the commander and there's an explosion that goes off and it kills a couple of the, the, the Klingon red shirts <laughs> basically and one of the, it turns out later on it was actually kind of a suicide bomb and uh, one of them actually had it on them and it was kind of a you know like it was it, in, the, in their wrist yeah it was an honourable way to kill someone uh, by suicide which is obviously really messed up in a lot of ways but um, it's actually Romulan technology which begs the question that someone is actually working with Romulans and therefore not only does that tie into Kitamir and what happened with the, the traitor in the first place but the idea that if the because they talk about the consequences if because and again there's enough continuity in the show that you know if something maybe, maybe it won't now because they've, they've maybe picked the right person you know because now now that uh what's his name uh, Gowron is going to be the the, the leader he still seems reasonably slimy in his own right oh he's got those eyes he's, 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 he's those eyes man <laughs> they stare into and, your and soul i know like <laughs> earlier on when when they learn who the two candidates are uh you know wolf's like well you know we know one of them we've got experience we know what he's like we know he can't be trusted yeah. but gower and they're like well he's an outsider he's not spent much time among his people i'm like okay that seems like it could be quite a drastic change to put someone yeah. like that in charge of the society uh, i yeah. mean maybe i'm wrong and they'll do nothing with it but it's possible. I, also, it's worth mentioning, did they never really outright confirm that Duras is behind it? They, I mean, it's one of his men that have the bomb in them. And there's but... just, an, yeah, there's an assumption, but there's no guarantee that that, that is correct. Yeah, I, I, I could, I mean, maybe they'll never bring this back up again. That, that would be okay. I, I mean, I wouldn't really be mad about it, but there's definitely a possibility here because they talk about the what could happen if the, the Romulans and the Klingon like, form an alliance. It would be the quadrant, the power shift would be absolutely massive, and all of a sudden, the others, you know, yeah, the federation. Obviously the the at the minute, the Klingons are tentative allies with the with the federation, but yeah. you know, and not with the, the Romulans. But that changes. Well, you know, they're they're suddenly caught in the middle, and which way do they choose? Should you know, war break out? You know, all these little minutia. You know, oh, actually, really that, add was, up. that was a scene I really liked. Is uh, Gerron comes to uh, Kaler to basically try, and I love that we could have scenes like this where I, I wasn't because sometimes in like TV shows we have guest stars. I can get frustrated when they'll just have a lot of scenes with just two guest stars together because like typically they won't be as good as the main cast because they're guest stars and and so on. But again, she's really good. I think Gerron's just crazy looking enough with Leo's eyes <laughs> that I was into it. But he comes in and he talks to her. Uh, but like, hey, you know, if you uh, side with me on this, I'll make sure there's a seat at the High Council for you, blah, blah, blah. And I love that she's like, you sound like a Ferengi. I was like, he does! He does! That's a really good point. Yeah, and I guess this is part of what I mean, where he's, he's coming from an outsider. He's willing to kind of bribe and blackmail and do some shady things. Well, Not honourable things, I, is I the point. I do happen to know that Gowron is, like, is like seen again. He's, this is not the last we see of him. 
I have intel from uh, I mean, a Trek source. It, it doesn't surprise me, um, because at this point, I'm I'm kind of willing to expect major characters from races like the Klingons will recur. Uh, oh, but, I mean, good to have confirmation. Having clicked on the actor's name, interesting little twist in that. Um, he does show up quite a bit again, but not in... Uh... Oh, actually, hold on, it goes down. Oh, he is, he is in this show again a bunch of times. He's actually in even more episodes though, of Deep Space Nine, so that's quite interesting. Uh, hmm. So, yeah, look at that continuity happen. Love it. Uh, but he's got those crazy eyes. Like, it, like it's almost like a close Kinski energy he's got, <laughs> the way he's looking at people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's unsettling. And a lot of people, you know, if you're just at Star Trek, you're like, who's close Kinski? Like, just look up the works of Werner Herzog. Close Kinski was in a lot of his movies. He's got a wacky... He's a, he was a crazy guy offset. He was an absolute batshit insane guy who probably did a lot of things I never want to know about. But As if Herzog isn't himself. Herzog seems like more of a friendly, crazy old man, though. Whereas Klaus Kinski, I, I would be worried for my life if I was left alone with him in a dark alley. Yeah, that's that's fair. Whereas Herzog, I feel like with, I'd have like a really creepy hug with him. But it, I, ultimately, I wouldn't feel like I'm in danger. No, you, you wouldn't feel like you're in danger. You just... You wouldn't feel like you'd be able to leave his house. <laughs> Without offending him really badly. Uh, but uh, yeah, there you go. Um, no, I thought we didn't, it was a really solid episode, and it's kind of another example of uh, uh, like a high point in, in these like better seasons of, of Next Gen. I, I think it, it did a lot for Worf, it did a lot for the mythology of the Klingons, it did things that I wasn't expecting them to go through with, and every time I kind of was like, hey, I'll give you props for that. I felt like it wasn't being constrained by TV tropes or or uh yeah. shackles it, it actively defied some of those expectations which always yeah. you know gives it some extra props yeah so now reading uh, i think it's really really good episode uh so and i'm excited to see you know more development with any of these stuff these things even though it may not be till like halfway through next season but the way that this stuff kind of and i, I kind of like that actually the way that the Klingon stuff or the way that other stuff with romulans will kind of dip in and out it, it never feels like, oh, we're doing this section now and then we'll ignore it forever. It's like, oh, no, it, it can just pop up at any time. It feels yeah. natural. So, now reading a very good episode. Uh, so, next time on the show, I'll look ahead here on IMDb. The episode's called Future Imperfect. Are we getting time travel things? What's going on yeah, here? We could do. Well, I'll read the description and we'll maybe look at a hint. Raker awakens 16 years. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Raker awakens 16 years after an away mission where he contracted a disease which destroyed his memory back to the point of infection, or so he's told. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. So he is he also older, but he doesn't remember the the, the 16 years. That's what it sounds yeah. like to me. So he's going to be walking around going, I'm, "But I'm Raker. I'm young and hot. Wait, no. What? When did I get old? <laughs> uh, we got some old age makeup coming." Uh, very poor. I mean, it's only 16 years, though, so it, it shouldn't be it too is, extreme. But I can see them playing it up. He's been in. I mean, knowing Patrick Stewart and what he looked like 16 years after this show, they should really do nothing to him. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. He should not have a... He should have nothing. Not a single extra wrinkle. No. Uh, maybe, maybe his hair should be a bit more grey-looking than it already is. I don't know. Uh, but hey, if I clicked on the images... Oh, they've oh, given him a goatee. Okay. R- Riker or Picard? Picard. Uh, oh, okay. Picard's got a goatee. I hope this doesn't look tacky. I mean, it's hard to tell from this image. I hope it's not, it's not like an obvious fake looking thing. I hope it's they've actually let him grow Yeah, it. I mean, like fish, it's a really obvious trick to make characters seem older. It's just, yeah, you know, throw some facial hair on if they don't have it already. It 
it works every time and it means you don't have to really do a lot of makeup on the face that again mm. can look terrible uh, uh tr- i mean to be fair troy's got a little bit of gray in her hair but they've not done too much to her face by the looks of it in this image so i think oh, that's think, good i don't think we're going to get too uh maybe, maybe the one that will be problematic is wesley i don't know what they're going to do to wesley if he's even in there he's just not on the ship anymore yeah oh yeah very we- possibly he we died. Get he died in battle. With that. <laughs> I mean, he, he went off to the academy and he, he got posted on a different ship. There's all they need to say. And that's fine. Okay. Don't have to worry about it then, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, that is your So that's, that's next time on the show. So thank you very much uh, for joining us. Let us know what you thought of uh, Reunion in the comments below. Please do like and subscribe. Liking is super important on YouTube. It is the, nice, is the easiest and the, the, the freest way to support everything we do. Um, and help us find more audience members. But you can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. Get some bonuses for your troubles. So go and have a look over there. Catch us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek. And remember, when it comes to the ladies, and he must be up to something because he's been oddly absent for a little bit here. He, uh, he was in this episode. He had like one line. Wesley Crusher is in complete control.